0: You are frightened by the gay agenda. This could be the scariest fright club yet. <laughs> Welcome. This is the Fright Club podcast. I'm Hope Madden, and I'm George Wolf, and we're from MadWolf.com, and we have
1: a special guest this week. Hello, hello, hello. I'm your senior gay correspondent, John Tice. <laughs> <laughs> we already know this is going to be fun. We're going to be talking
0: about. Well, how, how do you phrase it? Not not our not the top best, but we're going to say our top five favorite.
2: Yes, and if if you want to, you can say mine. I'm the one who put them in order, so they're <laughs> my favorite. That way, you know you don't have to you don't have to take so it's gay themed horror. Gay themed horror, okay. Right. And just a quick, just a quick, uh, what we're not going to talk about. We just, it, just so you can tune out if this is what you're hoping to hear, we are not going to talk about girl on girl action that Damn is it! Shot specifically for dudes, right? So even though we all love the movie The Hunger, we're not going to cover that or basically any other female vampire movie. Wow. And we're also not going to, we're not really going to dwell on the whole sort of backwoods horror squeal? Yeah, there will be no squealing like a pig in this episode. It's, it's, that's not really what we're looking at. So
1: okay. I can Just, direct you both toward a place where that is possible. If you like <laughs>
0: <me to. laughs> uh, but before we get to that, we want to do a, so a couple quick shout outs because we actually got some nice uh, some nice feedback last week. We talked about ghost stories. I was course. surprised by how yeah. many people were. I thought that was going well, to be a maybe lot of a ghost stories yeah. to talk about. There are. And, and apparently we didn't talk about all that we should no, have. No,
2: we did get a lot of, and the main one that people were unhappy that we didn't mention at all, including my sister Joy, was unhappy that we didn't mention The Changeling Yeah And that was Craig Craig Hunter Screenrelish.com That's his favorite Ghost story movie ever And he was very disappointed As were tons of other people
0: <laughs> Yeah so uh, I said at the time Because I don't really have Great memories of that movie Um, Might have to check it out again Yeah so, uh, I guess rewatch it Maybe we might Might change our tune And get back to you But yeah Thank you as always For all that feedback We love it uh, We're at MadWolf on Twitter That's M-A-D-D-W-O-L-F We love to keep the conversation going And also we want to say Thanks to John Dean. Yeah, uh, welcome,
2: John Dean. He sent us
0: a message. He was binge listening to uh, all the Fright Club episodes, which which really says a lot about him. Yeah, it I really think. does. Uh, <laughs> so we're help. sorry,
2: Heather. <laughs> um, I think that the main thing that that makes John Dean stand apart in, I mean, in terms of Fright Club, he's a many things make him stand apart. But he's the one person who came to every single one of our live events. He never yeah. missed one.
0: Yeah, one of the four people that came. <laughs> They came to see one of the movies on this list, and we hope to have more because, as we said last week, we have exciting news. We are moving our Fright Club uh, live events, Fright Club film series, to the Gateway Film Center, and that will be starting in July, right? It's a
2: great home for us. It's a great home for,
0: it's yeah. great home it's for horror be great. movies. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, so it'll be the
2: second, two, second Wednesday of every month, 8 o'clock. Um, and we don't
0: know yet what the first movie's going right? to be, but He's it's going to be good. He's got a list good. of options, and we'll but see what that's going to be. We'll let you know. us in that's second right. second Wednesday of every month for the new Fright Club, and we'll keep you updated. All right, so we get to this week's subject, yeah, and it's the your our top five, your top five, with help from John, yeah, top five favorite gay themed horror movies, right?
2: Yeah, there are a couple. I thought before we sort of jump on the actual list, we could talk about a couple of the ones that didn't make the list that maybe could have. Um, as actually, John reminded me the other day of Nightmare on Elm
1: Street Two, yes, um, which is <laughs> which is pretty gay. The whole time you're watching it, you keep asking yourself, did they direct him to act this way, or is this just the fayest young man who was available <laughs> for casting? For-
2: the other okay. one that didn't make the list is Silence of the Lambs. It almost made the list, because yeah. as you know, it's my favorite movie of all I time. I do know.
0: And, and a um, great movie. That's right. Uh, and a lot of, you know, psychological issues going on, but but as we've talked before, that the issue of whether or not he's gay is really not addressed. Very, very... Uh, quick mention of yeah. his other victim.
2: Right, of, right. The, of his, and his and the, actual sexuality and, yeah. and what his, his and psychological problems might be as opposed yeah. to he thinks he's gay. That's really not what the problem is. The problem right. is that he's completely insane. But Jodie Foster's in it, so I thought that bolstered its possibility <laughs> of being on the
0: list. I know, you had it on the list and off the list <laughs> many, many times. In the end, all right, didn't make the cut, although, it, yeah, it is your favorite movie. So let's start out with uh, what did make the list at number five. It is from 1987, the Lost Boys.
1: Notice anything unusual about Santa Carla yet?
0: No. It's a pretty cool place.
2: If you're a Martian.
1: Or a vampire.
2: You're a vampire, Michael. My own brother, a damn blood sucking vampire. Oh, you eat till mom finds out, buddy?
1: When a vampire bites it, it's never a pretty sight.
2: Michael McCormick!
1: So gay! <laughs> Kepha. I love Kepha.
0: <laughs> well, I know I know that was one of your big crushes, right? All
2: of them. The whole cast. Well, except the blonde one from Bill and Ted, but so the whole rest of the cast. Your teenage
0: self was not thinking it was gay at the no, time. No,
2: no. My teenage self was not thinking that it was gay at the time. But, you know, it's funny is that I think it's because, right, uh, Jason Patrick's character... He's basically having this romance with Kiefer Sutherland. I was all for that. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I'd like more of them. I don't want Jamie Gertz in this scene. Can we have more of the two dreamy boys? Well, you know, each go back to the very,
0: very essence of, of <laughs> vampires. There's right. so much homoeroticism, just the vampire lore. Yeah. But uh, then you take it up to the 80s and in their California suburb. And uh, yeah, it's it's just splashes all over the place. Well,
2: and Joel Schumacher directed it. Um, one of Hollywood's few out gay directors um, who also made Batman and Robin. Like, we needed more of a gay pedigree. <laughs> um, and, you know, so he... Is that one with nipples on the suit? Yeah, nipples on the suit. All right. And the, the push over the cliff for me is the Rob Lowe poster on uh, yes. the wall of Corey Hame's bedroom because... Only, only gay boys and straight girls had that poster. Yeah, that's right.
1: And I mean, b- including both Cory's, which is the closest <laughs> thing to Hollywood twincest that's ever been in the movie. <laughs> I, I mean, it got me through puberty for sure. Uh, every time it came on television, I could have been like in the middle of my homework. I'm 13. I'm like, ooh, what is this? Oh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, keep those girls away. This is a boys-only zone. <laughs>
2: The whole thing with the Corys, too. I mean, he's, you know, taking a bubble bath and singing, like, a Motown song, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, you know, he's got those, like, just those awesome 80s clothes with a puffy collar and, or excuse me, the puffy sleeves and, like, a long white sort of duster jacket on, you know, and yeah, everything about it. And then there's the, um, at Santa Carla, at the carnival, there's the, um saxophone player the shirtless muscle man saxophone player that jason patrick cannot take his eyes off from the of. tina turner videos yeah that same yeah. dude yes he's
1: in this as well nice. there are few things as masculine as a shirtless saxophone player on the boardwalk <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be able to take my eyes off straight gay or otherwise
0: <laughs> and i think th- this is a movie in not nearly to the extent but that guys who who watched it and liked it, sort of like that they like Top Gun. Exactly. And can't, oh, that's not gay. Right. What's gay about that movie? <laughs> right. Well, what isn't? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not to that extent, believe me, because Top Gun takes it, you know, way, way over well,
2: the Well, the, the biggest difference is that Top Gun has both Tom Cruise and Kelly McGillis starring. <laughs> yeah. So that's the push over the cliff for that yes. one. Um, yes, yes. So Joel Schumacher makes me think also of another movie that didn't make the list that you love that probably could have Clive Barker as the other, the one who's specifically horror and very out about everything. Um, And we did not put Hellraiser or really any of his movies on this list because they're not gay. Right. I mean, there's he has a there's a sexuality and the idea of outsiderness in all of his movies and then he's got a movie called Midnight Meat Train which <laughs> I'll stop talking but um but because none of his movies really are are in any way overtly homosexual they I mean, did not make I, the we've list we talked
0: about Hellraiser before a little bit and I do like it I think
1: more than you do You're way more <laughs> <laughs> And what did you say though about about the ant uh, oh well she's basically a drag queen <laughs> I, I I watching it I, I watching it again just a couple of weeks ago I was thinking to myself Okay, there's a there's a kind of skeleton man, and his lady friend keeps bringing him bodies so he can consume these young men. Then there's these outsider themes, but it didn't really strike me as overtly gay, just no. speaking to a gay audience in a way that they could kind of understand while not being kind of in your face about it. Yeah. And where do we stand? Uh,
0: it was going to be rebooted by Clive Barker himself, right? Is that still a thing? Yes, there is supposed to
2: be It's a, a prequel um, okay. that is supposed to come out, I think, in 2016. All right. That he's writing I don't think he's directing it
0: Yeah, so that one Another one that didn't make the list But we we toyed with So, going to uh, number four And this is one Boy, I haven't seen it No one has Who has seen it? We have I made him watch it From 1982 (laughs) It's Night Warning So shocking So terrifying So powerful Night Warning A chilling tale of a young boy and girl Innocent victims, now targets of a frenzied obsession with murder. See the
2: award-winning
0: Night Warning. Starring early 80s heartthrob, th- Jimmy McNichol. Who the would guy go, from, he was in, uh, didn't he, he starred in Alice, the TV series, right? He was Alice's son.
2: I believe he right? was. Right, that was Jimmy McNichol? And then he went on to be on General Hospital for a long time. Oh, did he? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Christy McNichol's Christy brother. Christy McNichol's
0: brother. All right, so Night Warning. From 82. The Lesser McNichol. The Lesser McNichol. That's right. <laughs> so what's what's the lowdown on this one? I haven't seen it.
1: Uh, this one is kind of a mess. Uh, <laughs> fascinating to watch, though. I think that was my first, the, my first reaction was, I couldn't tell if a lot of things were happening accidentally or if they were coached to, uh, if they were directed to be in a certain way because it was really, really weird. There is a coach who is being framed for a murder and that murder is actually because he he wouldn't have sex with the mother who has painted on eyebrows which that's a reason enough not to have <laughs> sex with. <her. laughs> painted on like up up near the top of her forehead. He won't have sex with her, she murders him. After she murders him, she starts running around and then it's kind of like this weird edible tale where she's very, very close to her nephew-slash-son. Their relationship's very weird. She doesn't want him to uh, leave the house. The coach is gay. He is tied to the man who was murdered, the television repairman, because uh, the inscription in his ring had both of their initials on it. So you have the police investigating this. Bo Svensson. Bo Svensson,
2: who who plays uh, a racist... In this case, homophobic cop in like every third horror movie that came out in the eighties, Bo Svenson, and the seventies. So sorry, go
1: ahead. He's uh... so the the real villains are the incestuous mother and the homophobic cop. Yep, and the the gay plot line is really really well handled because it's never a part of the 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 lunacy or the any kind of like villainous intent the coach is actually probably the only character who's kind of warm and uh you know tries to help this kid billy um who everyone seems to want to have sex with his mother (laughs) uh the cop kind of in a weird way is obsessed with him and is always asking him his his sexual identity like are you are you and they're like alone in the woods (laughs) It's, 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 it's His girlfriend way.
2: Julia Duffy always wants to have sex with yes. him. Also, yes, she's always looking for some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and Bill Paxton is one of the other bas- basketball wow. players. Yeah, and he's he's a homophobe as well. But you you know what that really means. Um, one of the things I like <laughs> about this movie, and I do, I agree. One of the, I love that that the 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 one truly we know is a gay character is the, the basketball coach, and he's just a good dude. Has nothing to do with anything, and I love also that the Jimmy McNichol character couldn't care less. Like, couldn't care less, just wants to play basketball. Not a convincing basketball player, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy McNichol,
0: but that's beside the point. Well, th- but think about that, though. And this came out in 1982, so really, that that, that was pretty... Huge. Yeah, yeah huge. To have those types of, of issues or or to not make them issues right. which was pretty big for that, right. for that time.
2: I know, for it not to be... I mean, even as late as, as you know, the, the, the 90s when um, that awful Sharon Stone movie came out. What was that? Fatal Attraction? Yeah. Fatal Attraction... No one was considered a potential murderer until you think maybe they were gay. Yeah. And everybody is innocent until, "Oh my god, did she have sex with a woman?" Well, of she course she might have killed someone. Like <laughs> that's the first, that's the first. Well, then clearly, you know, and it was just it's really refreshing for a, a basically just a just a hot mess of a bad horror movie to not really give a shit, you know. But then just remember
0: the, too, 82 really the the AIDS crisis hadn't really no. broken out huge yet which mm-hmm. changed a lot of attitudes. Uh, that you were going to see reflected in years down the line. Yeah, and
2: and interestingly, I think um, after 82, so many horror movies are so preoccupied. They're all, there's so many of them are just metaphors for the AIDS epidemic Uh that it is kind of, yeah, I think you're right, that that, that really changed the direction the horror went. And the other thing I like about this is that, which is a weird thing to say, Jim McNichol is basically the character who's being ogled by the camera. Like he has the shower scene. I mean, it, it's, wow. it, it's kind. Of, it, you know, this is almost the opposite of of uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, too. You know, it's like he's he's just willing to be the you know the guy that everybody is kind of moony eyed about. I don't know. I mean, it's the uh, it's not and a,
1: naked for all of those shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> borderline naked for a good seventy-five percent of the movie. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's it's again, it's not. I wouldn't say it's. Um, I don't think that it was made specifically for a gay audience, but I have to think that it appealed to a gay audience. I mm-hmm. would think that they probably would go, yeah, this this one's all right.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. Overbearing mother. Uh, police are the bad guys. Yeah, that sounds like early 80s.
2: We were going to talk for a minute about about movies that are there. Are, there are uh, horror films that are made. Um, specifically for a gay audience they're really not mainstream films and they're not meant to be mainstream films and my favorite filmmaker in the genre is uh, charles bush who's really the writer and star he's not the director of his films he made a couple die mommy die which is great it's a sort of evil <laughs> twin you know very throwback very sort of um big false eyelashes and giant wigs you know staring at the camera kind of uh just throwback movie that i love to death and then um psycho beach party which i actually like even yeah better. i like that one yeah it's super fun um, I haven't seen it. Amy, Amy Adams is in that one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and then John had me watch a couple uh Bruce LaBruce movies. Ooh, Bruce LaBruce. I mean, are these like sub 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 genres? How deep are we getting here?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I actually auto up with dead people. You c- it streams on Netflix and it it's one that, that Netflix constantly recommends that I put in my queue. So it can't be mm. it can't be well, I mean it's my queue, but um
0: <laughs> it can't be
2: that uh, L.A. Right. Zombie. I was not to, familiar
0: with. He's I'm not, not allowed, allowed to go near the queue. No. Just so uh, I think I'm password protected. Don't touch that queue. But uh, yeah, how many movies are in there now? Like 600. But they uh, they,
2: they make you cut off at 500. They won't let you. put... they how tell do you, you. know that. A little pop up tells you. Seriously, hope. Are you going to watch all of these? No, that's what it says.
0: So the difference here, these movies you're talking about, are ones that specifically uh, made. For the gay audience, well, right?
2: And, and in this case, Bruce LaBruce is gay, yeah. And yeah, his 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 target audience is not mainstream. He's not looking for this to and 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 uh,
1: not even a mainstream gay audience. No, he's going for like the kind of radical fairies who are just out to stir the pot, and he does it, <laughs> and in such a way that you you can't even watch all of these and say from beginning to end they're completely enjoyable. No. Because there are just giant expanses when you're asking yourself, I don't know what's going on, so I should probably, you know, go make a drink, or <laughs> uh, I don't know, like take out the garbage, dust underneath the liquor cabinet. I don't know, because there are just these huge sequences where you have no idea what's going on, and it's almost borders on a bad student film.
2: Yeah, he's but very they're close they're to really that. Really sexy. But one of the things I liked about Otto is is that he also makes fun of pretentious filmmakers. Like a whole <laughs> big storyline really is making fun of pretentious filmmakers. Which which is nice for me. I think the best actual film that would maybe fit this genre is Stranger by the Lake. Oh yeah, Um and I'm not. It's not a horror movie, but it's no, kind of a slasher, a little bit, There's and it's also really mystery, just in it's an AIDS analogy as well, which mm-hmm. makes it feel very stale at this point, you know. But it's a meat
0: market. There's have a you, lot of Wang in this movie. <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot, of lot of Wang. Have you seen Stranger by the Lake? I have not, because uh, I had remember I after we saw it, I said that guy. The, the it looks just like the, Mark Spitz from the 1970s. Yeah, remember that famous Mark Spitz poster with all his uh, medals? You know, the it, Olympic, it, it, Olympic, the, the Olympic swimmer. Uh, and his, so you've got
2: the Freddie Mercury mustache going on. Yeah. It's, oh yeah, um, so I had to
0: go find an yeah, old picture. Mark Yeah, I had not seen it. Spitz. I didn't You're know like, he looked yes, like. Yes, he does. He does. So.
2: He does. It's um, my cultural you know. It's it's, uh, it's set in the early '80s, so they've got all the bad mustaches and really short shorts on, and you know, it just takes a movie place. Movie full it, of guys, a, guys. Yeah, and then when it's a cruise, it's a crew It's a place where where gay men cruise um, outside Paris at this lake, hmm. and that's the whole point. And then there's a, a murderer there, and that I mean. But it's just it's such a it's just nothing you would ever see in a mainstream film. Ever. You would never like, This happens? Is this real? Does this happen? Oh my god. And of course it's also set outside Paris in nineteen eighty two prior to the AIDS epidemic. So just like you know, balls to the wall, so to speak. Just oh my and God. Literally. Yeah. It's uh but it's you know, it's a really well constructed film yeah. and it's very well acted and yep. it keeps you right on the edge of your seat. It's it's um and creepy and
1: Was that before or after cruising?
2: The movie itself is only about two years old. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah. It just set in the yeah. yeah it's, it's set, set, in, the, set in, the in the early 80s, 80s. Yeah. yeah. So that's another one that didn't make the list. But moving on to number three of your favorites, one that boy really has become a cult, cult favorite over the years for a lot of reasons. From 1983, Sleepaway Camp. Welcome to Sleepaway Camp. Someone is watching you.
2: Hey, re love
0: Someone is waiting for you. Someone wants to scare you to death. Sleepaway camp. You won't be coming home. That's one of those throwback trailers I love with that voice. We just try to be as sinister as possible. Do you it. Know? You can do that. Voice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not doing it. I'm not doing But yeah, a sleepaway camp. Well, we'll get to that final scene. But it's one that um, I know you guys love
1: absolutely sleep away camp the only thing more terrifying than this movie to me was the the prospect of actually going to camp because i don't think i could have been around that many children for three weeks even as a child but when my friend alex and i were in junior high i used to scour every video store within three towns of where i lived in central ohio and we actually ended up finding it We had to get our parents We called one night We opened up the yellow pages Because there wasn't the internet And we called And we found that it was in a blockbuster Two towns over So we all You know Got in, loaded up into the Astro van, and <laughs> went over to Lexington. Found sleepaway camp, which had been viewed so many times it was already basically falling apart. And we, well, I think we watched it twice in a row that night, and then woke up the next day to watch it again. <laughs> uh, while his mother made us taquitos, so that'll that'll show you how hard I grew up. But uh, I am fascinated with this movie because you have these two kids that are. They, they look like twins and terrible things happening at camp.
2: Um, I, too, absolutely love this movie when I was a little kid. Um, and and uh, we watched it just on a loop. We watched it constantly. And most people remember it for the shocking final scene. <clears throat> but, you know, if you watch it as many times as I have, there are so many think- peculiar things about it. So, first of all, there is their cousins, the two who look alike. And they wind up living together because one child's parents, which are clearly two men, Die in a boating accident and then, and then it 's just never really brought up again that these that, that their two men were the parents that died they seem like a very loving couple. Um actually more loving than maybe I wanted to see at the time.
0: <laughs> and uh
2: and then they, they go... weren't
0: keeper and uh No, the other guy. they were not. Oh, they
1: Kifa. were
2: yeah. And then they went to live with uh an aunt and and her name is Desiree Gould, the one who plays Aunt Martha. And I have looked her up. She's actually uh she's actually a real estate agent now. You're and kidding. No. And uh I, I can I can find no evidence online that she is in fact a drag queen except for my own eyes. Like Because those hands oh, no. <laughs>
1: right? I was just having this conversation this morning, those hands because that's she holds her hands in the shop. Yeah, all the time. Every single yep. every, every minute that she's in it. And she oh, well that wouldn't do now would it? <laughs> and she's overacting in this really weird way, but it does set up uh the the kind of like weird psychosexual uh, drama that's going to unfold with these two kids that look remarkably familiar. Uh or not familiar but uh similar and uh watching them kind of throw every single horror trope into this, yeah, the cook, no, it's not the cook, who is he? one of the guys who's the um yeah, there's there is the pervy cook, the, yeah, the pervy cook yeah, there's pervy cook, um there's the
2: the bully bitchy um you know, older kid, and then there's the bully bitchy camp counselor.
1: Um, who the phys ed guy oh yeah with the male breasts on him oh, are yeah. just out of control well
2: that's the other thing that i think is so funny about this movie is that it really doesn't ogle the female characters at all it ogles that guy like mm-hmm. the main camp counselor he's just wearing this tight tank top and these shorty shorts and the camera I, like when i realized later that the, the director is not a gay man i was shocked i was like really because oh that camera loves the one camp counselor it was yeah. crazy.
1: And the and the the characters who mistreat Angela mm-hmm. are the characters that get it the worst. So the lecherous cook who ends up you know with blisters popping. Oh in his yeah, face. so that's a that good was a scene. Great scene. <laughs> uh, I just found out today uh, there's a there's a video called Good, uh, what is it? Good Bad. Uh, I can't even read my writing, but it's on YouTube. Um, Karen Fields, who was hired to be the bitchy girl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Just beat out Jane Krakowski for that role. Wow! By just about that much. Wow! Because they wanted a blonde, because then she would be the opposite of Angela. Uh Ah. Also, it was financed mostly on his uh, inheritance because his mother had just died. Oh my god! Uh, What else is
2: Robert Hilzik is the director. Hilzik, that's it.
1: Also, the cast brought most of their own clothes, so oh. the Fizz ed wow. male counselor- Those were his own clothes. I'm guessing that he owned at least one red track suit, <laughs> because he's in that for a good portion of the second oh half. Oh my God. But yeah, uh, that, this one is just top to bottom weird. Yeah. Yeah. It is. In the best yeah. way.
0: Yeah, it's so weird. And, you know, we're not going to, I suppose, spoil it for anybody who may not have seen it about what that uh, final shot is, but it's become quite legendary- um, and you
2: know what? It kind of it still holds up. I think. Yeah. I mean, it's mostly it's the face she's making. <laughs> oh, the face!
0: Because then they just freeze it. They right. just freeze it on that oh, face, yeah. and you'll see that in your dreams.
2: And then, actually, just a, a fun piece of trivia: that the next two, the two first two sequels to this movie, Bruce Springsteen's sister Pamela Springsteen plays Angela as an adult.
0: <laughs> nice. <laughs>
2: so uh, most of the talent in that family, I think, just went to the one guy.
0: Just <laughs> the thought. All right, sleep away, Cam. That's number three. Moving on to number two And now we get to to a lot more recent In the last few years This one from 2002 It's called May
2: So what do you do, May? I work at the animal hospital When I left for vacation My dog had
1: four legs Now, she only has three You can't sew it back on, can you? I could
2: Ah, you crazy bitch (laughs) Actually, I kind of liked it Does
0: that freak you out?
2: Nothing freaks me out Do you feel weird doing this? you can't find a friend
1: what What you reading about?
2: Amputation. <laughs> so that's Anna Ferris that you hear in the trailer. And she is so great in this movie. This movie May, uh, directed by Lucky McKee, who has really a, you know, uh, a very, um, at least I would think maybe feminist point of view in in terms of horror director. So he made May. Uh, he made uh, The Woman, which I adore. And is definitely not there's there's nothing really particularly homosexual about the movie. The woman is just kind of but, upends patriarchy. Yeah, and then yep. recently he made it was kind of disappointing. All cheerleaders die, which is not a very good movie, especially for him. But interestingly, the two the leads it's a it's a lesbian couple, the two teenage girls who st- who lead the thing, and it's just sort of that's just what they are. It's kind of whatevs. So um, he definitely has a pedigree in this area.
1: And Anna Ferris, interestingly, is very she's like a bro mm. in this. Uh, may comes over to her house and she's interested and you know like hanging out and talking she's just had a really hard time with the boy she's kind of seeing on and off and Anna Ferris has a girl at her house, and she's like, "Well, it's just an opportunity I couldn't pass up." But you know, you're my number one girl, yeah. mama. <laughs> you know, you're my number one. And I was like, "Did she just say that? You're my number one girl, mama?" <laughs> so weird. She's just so
2: like, she's just so sort of yeah, sultry and seductive and fun and very much in a in a not in a masculine way at all, but but kind of like that. I'm just in it for some laughs and you mm-hmm. know, little tang That's all. I'm
0: <laughs>
1: I I've always thought the Anifaris was so sexy, and to see her be like so smoldering, in this was great.
2: It, it is a really different role for her because she's usually just funny and goofy, mm-hmm. and in yeah. this one, yeah, Silly. she's she's yeah. all
0: smolder. Yeah, and so the upshot is May is uh, piecing together body parts.
2: She is she um she had a lazy eye as a child. Apparently, <laughs> between that and an overbearing mother and a creepy doll, it was enough to drive her completely nuts, and she can't make like human contact properly. And really, uh, Angela Bettis, oh my God, she's good in this movie. So she decides eventually to just make herself a friend because the ones that she is making, it's not going well. So <laughs> she, you know, so she likes uh, she likes Anna Ferris's new girlfriend's legs. Takes those, uh-huh. um, you know. She likes her old boyfriend's hands. You know, she's just piecing stuff together and to make herself
0: we, a new doll. And we have to mention the guy is the guy we lovingly call "My Foot Hurts." That's
2: right, exactly. Uh-huh. It's from
0: Clueless. <laughs> we we've, we've mentioned before it's because he's the guy in Clueless that raises his hand. He has to leave. My foot hurts. I think. it's... <laughs> I think his name is Jeremy Sisto. Yes, if that's, I believe I'm that sorry, is I'm sorry, Jeremy, to us, you are my foot hurts. That's right. Um, <laughs> so I got from the trailer a little, a little humor, a little dark is, humor going through it. it.
2: Yeah, definitely. But it's a, it's kind of just a melancholy effort. I mean, uh, 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 Angela Bettis' performance is so... So raw and vulnerable, you just, your heart breaks for her. But at every turn, she does the wrong thing. (laughs) You're like, oh my God, don't do it, don't do it. And then she does. Um, so, and it's funny because by the end, I mean, she's, you know, she's the, Anti-hero, I guess, because she's the she's the killer. She kills a lot of people. A lot of people die, and it's all the third act. The third act is a bloody mess. <laughs> but you're still pulling for her the whole time, and so the the final scene is just you just your heart is broken. You just feel for her so much. She's so good in this.
0: All right, from 2002 May, which is number two on this list, leading to number one. And this is a movie that we've talked about on for a few different lists yeah. the last few weeks. But it, it it belongs here at number one from 2004. Colvair or The Ordeal. And if you've seen this movie, and uh, especially our friend Bridget on Facebook who just watched it, you know that that is the sound of the weirdest dance scene (laughs) in the movies.
2: This was probably a strange choice, um, maybe for this list, because uh, it is really sort of a backwards horror and with uh, the constant threat of rape um, which is you know, the threat, really, in any kind of backwards horror. It's always like, oh, my God, the hillbillies are going to rape somebody. And they're either you're afraid they're going to rape your women or you're afraid they're going to rape your men. Um, and um, but in this case, you get to know so many of them. And they're so, so, so weird and so emotionally attached to each other and to the poor lead uh, of the film. Um, and you know, I, a gay is the wrong word to describe them because I'm pretty sure that they chose the life that they're leading. I don't think it was chosen for them. <laughs> but
0: they're adapting to it. They are adapting in, to <laughs> it in different ways. <laughs> Full and, of zeal. Yeah, it's a it's a, <laughs> a traveling musician showman yeah. who uh, who gets lost. His his truck breaks down, and then he takes refuge at this guy's uh, backwoods, you know, barn house, whatever. And then the guy won't let him leave, and I think I said before it's the director who I, I forget who is the director Fabrice Duval. There you go, nicely done. Thank you. And that ready <laughs> sets up a nice contrast at the beginning because there's a woman when he's doing his show uh, before he gets stuck on the road who just throws herself at him and he resists her advances and then when he goes off into this land and gets stuck into this land of men it sets up a nice contrast because you don't know it never really addresses whether the fact whether this man is gay or not. No, but it's it's a it, he quickly goes from one world to the next and he and his different place in it uh, as who's being pursued and who is resisting. And I think that sets a nice contrast in the movie, whether or not you know the sexuality
1: of anybody. Right. Yeah, I think that the really interesting thing that, that Calvert does is play with who is the object of affection, yep. or in this case, you know, rapey lust. <laughs> and uh, in the first scene, he's performing in a cape, to uh, That's right. a full crowd of senior citizens and he's just going for it he's making strong choices he's really there's nothing about this scene that it's it's like it's like low rent french Liberace, but every single person in the audience wants to have sex with him the old lady comes into his room and is i can't remember how she leaves but she's uh she's castigating herself as she leaves because she's so upset that she but you looked at me is right. what she yeah. what she right. tells him that's just part of the act and as he uh ends up at this little albergue i don't know what the word is in english i can't believe i just said that out loud <laughs> <laughs> i'm God. a douchebag uh this little alberg i don't know it's like a little in yeah. um uh this guy he's constantly talking about well you know they're not like us we are artists, and you keep wondering: Is this uh, code? Is this code uh, an artist is like a gay person? They're they're artistic, you know. Like mm-hmm. Your mother used to say about your weird friend. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this guy—he's just at all points he is pursued by every single person that meets him, and there's this this looming, you know. It's it, him being gay or straight is it doesn't matter because right, the right. whole thing is just that he's he, no matter what he does, he's in danger. I don't know. I th- I thought it was weird and terrifying in those great ways. And uh, weirdly, I don't know, uh, in French Canadian, uh, the the translation is fuck, <laughs> not without sex. Like, it's without sexual connotation, but like, oh, shit, that's calvaire And then uh, it also means the ordeal. But it's also. um it's the French word for Calvary where Jesus was crucified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So when they talk about Calvaire in yeah. French it's it's this scene of of crucifixion which I for the life of me couldn't find in the movie. No. So maybe it just does mean ordeal.
2: Well, you know But
1: there is uh, He
2: goes through a lot and I think he might have a uh, barbed wire on his head at one point so Crown of thorns kind <laughs> of thing going on. He goes through a lot. It's, he goes through a lot. And you wonder the whole time where are the women? Did yes. they le- did
0: they leave by t- where are the women? Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. But I think um, the movie is better for not addressing that. No. Oh,
2: my God, yes. Mm-hmm. The yeah. the, fa- the the things that they leave you, well, like, why is this happening right yes. now?
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, that's, yeah. I think, one of the the great things about the movie. And also, I think it's interesting that... They're all looking for something, and they've just decided you're going to be it. R- right from the guy, Bella, the guy looking for his dog the whole right. time. Bella looking for his dog the whole time. That, and then, of course, when he finally finds his dog, it's not his dog. It's somebody else's calf. No one cares. You yeah. know, they're looking to <laughs> fill this hole. Exactly. And it's it's an emotional and feminine hole that they're looking to fill, and
0: you're it, buddy. It's you. Cue the music. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's one of those movies that we've talked about a lot, I think for good reason, because it was on our list of, Movies you probably haven't seen, right. and I think you know now more people, as we've seen on social media, are starting to, to watch it. And it's one of those where you just—it's a what the f movie, and and a, it can be discussed in a manner of ways, you know, like we're talking about from this angle, from yeah. the sexuality yeah. angle, or from. Uh, any any number of angles, yeah. and it's it's just an interesting. It's, it's one of those a, movies yeah. that you really are glad you've seen. It's, it's
2: one of my favorites of all time, which yeah. is why which is why I mean, regardless of the topic, that's why it's the number one on this list. Yeah. It's one of my favorite movies. So ever. number
0: one on our 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 favorite gay themed horror movies. So uh, you know what? We'd love to have you pointed out where we missed what we missed What do you think? So hit us up on on Twitter, like we said, we're at Mad Wolf. And uh, John, where's your, you're on Twitter? I'm
1: also on Twitter. You can find me <laughs> at John Tice. J O N s. Alright we love to keep it going It's mostly just dick jokes So if you're into it
0: <laughs> Well sign you, me up Sign me <laughs> <laughs> And of course we're always glad to uh, Connect on the Golden Spiral Media Website Goldenspiralmedia.com Lots of great podcasts on there as well And uh, our, our website is Madwolf.com We also do the Do the uh, occasional Blogs and uh, And current movie reviews At Screen So That's lots right. of ways to reach out mm-hmm. What do we got next week? Do we know?
2: We do. We have Fritz the Night Owl is going to be oh, here with us next week. I nice. know. We love Fritz. Very excited. We are very
0: excited. That should be that, that should be a hoot. So we're going to have uh we just moved from one special guest to another. <laughs> this is star-studded stuff. And uh, that is the Fright Club podcast next week we'll have we we'll have Fritz John. Thank you so much thank for coming you so in and being our much. Thank you for having gay me gay
1: correspondent, and uh, the, the Amazon Hope Madden, and <laughs> and well, how can I describe George? The white Billy D Williams, <laughs> <laughs> smooth as silk. Oh, honey. I love that! I love that. All right, till next week. <laughs> I'm
0: Hope Madden. I'm George Wolf, and this is the Fright Club podcast. Stay frightful, my friends.